So just a quick prelude to today's episode, a few weeks ago, just after the Bucks won the championship, we had a bit of a championship celebration over Zoom, and we recorded that conversation. So I thought I'd just put it up raw as it is today. There's a few bits where we're sort of looking at graphs and things like that, so I'd encourage you, if you can, while we're doing that, to get on that Twitter site um, or Twitter feed that we reference and uh, the NBA math Twitter feed, I think it was, uh, and have a look for yourself at some of the graphs that we're talking about uh, within that. But otherwise, just sit back and relax and enjoy uh, Darren Hill finally getting his uh, celebration and all the emotion that came with that Bucks championship out of the way. Uh, we've had a little bit of an off-season break. We're going to come back very soon. I can tell you now that uh, Daz was a big fan of Josh Primo heading into the draft, so I'm looking forward to hearing his take on the draft and then free agency, etc., to see if uh, he feels like anyone has uh, come up to challenge the Bucks at this point. But uh, So we're going to be having a conversation about NBA free agency, etc., soon. But for now, just sit back and enjoy this Bucks championship celebration with a special guest a long-time listener of the podcast and a Celtics fan in Matt Dell. What time is it? 8.30. Literally man I'm 49 years old and this is by far the greatest sporting event of my entire life by far. Yeah, the mm-hmm. Packers have won Super Bowls, but I was in, I was traveling for them. And I, you know, Packers have always been, they're just part of your culture when you grow up there. But I yeah. never loved them the way I fell in love with the Bucks when I was bloody seven years old. So this is literally the greatest sporting achievement in my life. Like as a fan, I mean, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty surreal. It's pretty surreal. I've had some tears, Matt. I've had some tears, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I was living vicariously through you, I reckon, because, you know, going through the Celtics championships with KG back in the day, whatever. And, you know, the, the highs and the lows, every every shot you want to leap out of the room and everybody miss you want to kill yeah. yourself. Like, it's so, <laughs> so extreme, you know. So when you're like a, you know, you're a middling franchise like mine and, you know, obviously we couldn't never get past both you guys in the Sixers in the 80s. We, you know, we tend to have very deferential reference points. And what I'm saying is like, you know, this is very bucks and you'll appreciate this, Matt is the Bucks have now have as many world titles as the Celtics do the last 30 years. We just cut yeah. it off at 30 years. <laughs> we've, we've, got, we've got the same number. Yeah. So that, that makes us feel yeah. better. <laughs> Which is one more than the Suns. Which is one more than the Suns. I know. I know. Well, in the, are they the only? No, they couldn't be the only. There must be many franchises who don't have a title, right? Yeah. The Hawks. Clippers, the Magic. Title. Hornets. Oh, yeah. okay. The anyway. Hawks haven't won a title. That wouldn't have been my first. Obviously, the Grizzlies, wouldn't it? Um, Grizzlies, Kings. Did the Kings ever win one in the 70s or something? No. I don't think so. Don't, yeah, I don't think so. Oh, this guy's got quite a list, probably. It's probably a dozen, isn't there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, did you get to watch much of the playoffs, Matt? Have you been tracking? Or do you yeah, get from the Celtics? Uh, if, not, if not um, live. So, so a lot of the earlier rounds, I watched the... the they used to be 20 minutes and now they're like 10 minutes. I don't know why the fuck. The condensed game. Yeah. Yeah. The condensed game's fair income. It must be the worst before I get sidetracked. It must be the worst like subscription service out there, isn't it? You know, like if you don't, I, I told them I was in Mexico years ago and I'm still getting billed in fucking pesos and it cost me about a hundred bucks a year. Seriously. But they've made it a bit harder. Yeah, that's I tried to, shit I tried because to... people like you're ripping it off. Well, it's just fucking shit. Anyway, you're paying $200 and you're still getting shit. The interface is bad. The commentating is bad. The, the fucking editing. The con- like, if, if you watch the, the condensed, condensed game. The condensed game has got to be the dumb. Have you ever watched a condensed game, Daz? You've watched these, haven't you? No, I don't watch the condensed games. Yeah, Never. see, I've, I got, I always used to do that just to kind of keep pace when we, I was, you know, serious about Daz and Daz, right? And, Right, you probably is. You're probably with me on this, Matt. All it is is a, it's just a series of made shots. That's all yeah. it is. Like a There's random no suspense. Terrible. No, they're gonna make the shot. Right yeah, you see, you see, Team A dribbling up the court. They're clearly about to score because yeah, exactly. otherwise they wouldn't be fucking in there. Yeah. But, yeah, but I mean, look, it, it is a way, Teams as you treat. say, like if yeah. if you're podcasting and, and there's 16 games, you know, over two days or something, you can't watch them all. So you could watch 10 minutes of 10 games. 
yeah, yeah. that's two hours yeah. of your life. Yeah. But yeah, no, but back to your I would tend to I go out. Yeah. I did watch every every minute of every game, uh, if not live, you know, because some of them are on workday mornings and stuff like that. I watch them that night or whatever and avoid the internet until I saw the saw the game. Um stayed up to midnight a couple No of kidding. Times. Yeah. So what did you what did you think of the finals? Um my two my two takeaways are I guess or maybe maybe more than two takeaways, but but the, the highlights would be I mean Giannis would just you know and he just he just did different things. He just did different things, you know, like he was defensive player of the yeah. year in what was that like game five, I guess, or whatever. You know, he was offensive player of the year in game six and made 17 of 19 free throws. Just goes to show how uh, how it's a mental thing, you know, but and at home and all those pricks not counting. But um, Holiday was hot and cold, but he, he was definitely a difference maker. You know, I mean, uh, Middleton... His defense, his defense yeah. is on... It is, and, and particularly yeah. in the finals, right? Because they were letting him be a bit more physical. There was a lot of bumping that's a foul every other week. You know, like ch- chest to shoulder is a foul, fifty percent of the time, um, and and he was on there. Sh- he was riding them, you know, and vice versa. To be honest, uh, but he was better at it. Um, so he was he was really good. Middleton, what was you know up and down, but in clutch moments was fantastic. You know, unguardable, you know, well guarded and still making big shots. So I mean, that's that's the the positives. Yeah. Did- did you see the stat, Matt, which was, um, uh, I forgot how far it went back, Daz. You, maybe it is all time or as long as they were tracking it. But Chris Middleton tied LeBron James in terms of playoff performances all time. And he's made, he made 15 fourth quarter buckets that tied the game or put their, put their team ahead. Mm-hmm. He and LeBron James have tied at that. And I go, that's, uh, that's why that's why the Middleton had a bit of ups and downs, but he never shied yeah. away in fourth quarter in crunch time. That mid-range feast where he's now become literally, and yeah. I think the data in the in the regular season bears it out as well. He's he's literally right there with Kevin Durant. Like they're the only two who are like elite, elite in that mid-range. Actually, Chris Paul is pretty close as well, but Chris Paul's six foot tall, not six foot eight, can't get his own. But um. Yeah, that's making Bucks fans like that just overfills it with joy. This most overlooked number two in the league to, to have a stat like that. Um, mm-hmm. it's pretty great. It's pretty great. Well, that was well, the 07 Cavs. Um, was it 07 that year? Was that yeah. when LeBron had the that was when LeBron had that cast I... the clowns that uh come up against the Spurs? So, I mean, you can imagine was he that... was taking every shot, yeah, yeah. right. That was Daniel Gibson sort of level back then. Is yeah, that Larry was, Hughes, was it? Um, Larry Hughes, yeah. yeah. It's, it's two I see was old, mate. It made the All-Star game just... Uh, Mo, Mo Williams. Got Mo. Yeah. Mo Williams, he was a buck for quite a while as well. Yeah. He's a good... He's like a... He's like deluxe Lou Williams, basically, right? Um, yeah, at his best moments. <laughs> hey, Matt, I'm curious, what other... Do you... Do you subscribe to any pods like Dunked and Danny or any of those things? Do you listen to much I NBA listen sporadically. I, li- I only listen sporadically to some of the other ones. The the one, uh, you know, so I dabble in um, just what if whatever, if I've opened Spotify and I see something on the front of it, you know, is it Ryan Rossillo or whatever his name is? Rossillo, yeah. Or Bill, yeah. Or Bill Simmons or, um, you know, a couple, of, you know, I've probably listened to a random episode here and there of them, but I wouldn't listen to it often um the one i listen to the most which uh apart from you guys is probably or probably equal with you guys would be the stats nerds the um wages of wins uh stats nerds oh Uh, i don't know that one yeah so it's it's really interesting and they they break down the value of of people based on stats and they don't they don't like um the PR and all those uh, other sort of made-up stats—they have their own rankings, and um, it's quite—it's quite interesting who interesting. they value, who they don't value. But it, it does—they yeah. it, get—they get a little too far, you know, in the analytics um, side of things. That they, you know, they're—they've been at the forefront of yeah, um, yeah, uh, movement. And they talk about okay. It. I think they're middle the reason- management. 
data analyst okay. or something. Yeah. But it is quite interesting and, and they'll say, oh, look, you know, you've, you've made this move. Well, I can't remember one off the top of my head now, but, you know, they'll, they'll say you've made this move where you've taken this guy instead of that guy or whatever, you'd have traded this, who wins the trade? And they'll go, just awful, like this guy, so overrated, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. And, yeah, like he gets buckets. Like they, 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 the key thing is they say yay points. Like this guy gets points, you know, and that, like they were saying, yeah, I remember them, you know, and I had in the back of my head watching, and they they were saying, oh, you know, the Bucks have got Bobby Portis, eh, like that's going to hurt him, you know, like they track the wins and yeah. he'll be a net negative, you know, and you watch him and the crowd loves him, and Isaac, my son, you know, is watching and he's going, oh. Bobby Portis, he's going, you know, we we're watching start of Game Six, you know, he's going, Bobby Portis, Bobby Portis, he's gonna, he's gonna be great this game. I'm going. I'm- Mate, don't listen to the crowd. And you watch him, like he he'll run he for a steal. Was and be out of spectacular. Play. But he he hit the shots. He just they needed that microwave, but, you know. He nearly gave half. He was because Connaughton and, and Drew Holiday were tight. They were nervous to shoot the ball, so they needed someone to score. And Bobby was he had sixteen points, which was massive. Mm-hmm. And number two, which would be underappreciated by unless super super nerds. The Bucks went to a very switch-heavy defensive scheme. Bobby Portis, not exactly known for his defense, but he has so proudly embraced being competent, right? Mm. He's embraced being competent. He's, there was even, I think, Daz, you saw it, didn't you? One of the post-game press conferences, either early in the series or maybe it was a Brooklyn series, and it's early in the Phoenix series, where he was asked directly about his defense and their switching. And he's like, yeah, I've, I've had the bottom of the bottom in the NBA, and this is the greatest thing that happened to me. And I goes, I've embraced everything about this team, including he goes, I'm not saying I'm great, but I play defense. I've try, I try really hard on defense now. Right. And he, he just owns it. It's just so rare to hear a pro- professional player just kind of own the fact that they're not good at something, but he's given it an effort. And I go, he just won every fucking Wisconsinite over with that, you know, that winsome, you know, self-deprecating, you know, googly eyed, he's an absolute, if he leaves the team now, he is he is a cult hero yeah. forever. He's got one he more is, year. He's signed for two years, I think. So he'll be there next year. Right? I just player option. It's a player option for three point eight million. Yeah, Matt, I, I know this slide that, so he's going off there. That there's the lies and stuff. Right? I reckon he will, Daz. So Daz, do you have any of those? Who would be some of your Bobby Portises from your title teams? Like maybe he's only with the team for a one or two years. Do you have any of those guys from the Spurs who, oh. or did you guys have such continuity? That yeah, never yeah. had Boris we had too many. I mean, Boris Dier was probably the biggest. Yeah. He's more of a son, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, what I love, I mean, this this would have to be one of the most likable NBA champions when you go through the roster and you just go through Giannis, the likable superstar, Middleton, the second round draft pick. It was a throw into the trade, and is just the quiet. Achieve. Quiet Southern guy from Carolina, just quiet Southern yeah. boy. Yeah, Drew Holiday, who everyone just loves across the league, and had, you know, had, had he'll be uh, a coach or a yeah, he'll run the players' union or he'll be a coach. Well, yeah. had all those problems with um, his son when his son was born and nearly lost right. his right. Yeah. He had like twelve months off, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he had quite a bit of time off. Like he, a part of it was, I think, a knee injury. Then he had his son, and his son. Um, it was born premature, so it was one of those ones. Yeah, inside vigil that's a good point type of thing. And then you got Bobby Porter's, who you know, well, I love a guy like Bobby Porter's because it's like, like Jonathan Simmons is the closest we had at the Spurs, like just a guy that had to scratch and claw his way just to stay in the league. And then he gets to a big game and he goes, You got this is not pressure for me. Like, he you could tell, like, he was just like you guys think this is pressure? Like I've had to play games for my fucking career, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. that's pressure. When you sit there and go, I've had a duck, I've had a duck bullets in the projects or, you know, yeah. yeah. You're yeah. looking for a, you're looking for a new vocation. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you yeah. sit there and go, fucking this, this is nothing to me. So he was one, he was the coolest guy on the court. You know, it was just like, uh, this, this was nothing to me. As he was, wasn't he? Defensive, defensive tiger as well. Well, and then Matt, the other Lopez, fun thing, the, the ultimate Lopez professional, is a, like the guy that sat on those horrible right. next teams and just bored it every single night. You know, they just he, the he doesn't get. That's, I'm glad you said that. That he just doesn't get enough credit for 
think about what Brett, Brooke Lopez was, right? A low post back to the basket, 20 point a game, largely empty calories, interior score. He was a scorer, right? 20, 20 some points Vujibic, a game. Essentially. He was basically Vujic, but just think about it. He would have had every reason to become Greg Monroe, right? Exactly. Or Jalil Okafor. And he's become elite defensively. He's not, he's a 33% three point shooter, like just barely competent enough, but to be elite defensively, to become a three point shooter. And what was amazing, I don't know if you guys, again, what I saw in the finals is he's switchable enough where he's, mm. he's quick enough to get his That's hand up. Thing. He's switchable un, just enough. Like he can stay in front of Crowder and Bridges or even kind of get his, his giant paw up in front of Chris Paul. If he gets switched, he's embraced being just switchable enough. I go, that career arc is so rare for that giant. I mean, yeah, body. I was just going to say exactly that. Tell me another seven footer, like large seven footer, like Giannis is nearly seven foot, you know, KD is nearly seven foot, but they're, they're slim, right? Athletic tell freaks me, though. Athletic, That's right. yeah. Yeah. Tell me another big body guy who's gone from being a low post banger, a, a, you know, a, a dinosaur, a, a player of, you know, the, the 10 years ago before the three-point boom, who's gone from, from being that old-school guy to being a new-school guy. Like, Joel Embiid's always wanted to jack a three, right? Like, he can, he can do it, but he's always wanted to do it. He's been jacking them, you know, forever. There, there's guys like that. Tell me someone Great who's... Great question. How's... You'll struggle to find one, I think. Is, yeah, well, Bogut never... Bogut didn't do it. Um... Greg Monroe's didn't do it. Andre Drummond tried, but he's he could never play defense anyway, so he doesn't count. He's incompetent. I mean, what about changed his game, I guess. Bogut's not a bad comp, just didn't change his game in the same way that, that Brooke has. Yeah. And it's the not, NBA also not didn't the, ask him to. Yeah. But yeah. He did, it's not, and it's Bogues not the three-point shooting, because the three-point shooting, other guys have tried the three-point shooting and, and haven't stuck with it and whatever, you know. But maybe in this modern era you know if they were still around they they would probably be emphasized more so his longevity has helped him there but you're right it's the it's the defensive side of the ball because the big guys get run off the floor they get run off the floor in the switching uh you know in the defensive switching they're not yeah. agile enough i mean this is a big guy and he's agile enough to make a difference when chris paul's running at him that's exactly right devin booker's running at him He's, he's, he's agile enough to make a difference. He's not winning that, that fight, but who is? No one's winning that fight, yeah. against, to be honest, yeah. man. You know, against... You know, the, the Bucks... It's amazing, really. I heard the data today. It was something like this was the fifth best ever defensive rating for an NBA champion ever behind, mm -hmm. of course, the 04 Pistons, uh, the 2019... Um, uh, um, Raptor. Raptors. Raptors yeah. so, who am I missing? Someone else. Who was the elite defensive team? Maybe it was one of your. Maybe it was your Celtics team. Was their defense pretty good? The anyway, Celtics were one of the best defensively. Fifth, fifth best defensive rating, you know, by a champion. This Bucks team, which tells you a lot in an era of right high scoring, is it the playoffs? Why they probably. The Bucks rightly got criticized for being ugly, and held that they, after the Miami series, the Bucks were twelve and seven. Like they, they didn't, they didn't, you know, they weren't winning series in five games. There was a lot of losing going on. Um, but well, um, the point, my Lopez point I'm making too. is, that, I mean, Lopez had some big moments in Game Six. Like I remember, thinking, I said to you in the game, Daz, I think they should take him out, like he because they were just pick and roll on the Bucks to death, and then he kept them afloat offensively. Uh, during that, I, I think yeah. it was the period where yeah. But again, this is the four. It's so credit to Bud as well because Bud, in, in year one and year two, was like stay, keep the spacing, keep the spacing, keep the spacing, and get back on defense. Right, give up no transition. That was the math for him. But what you saw, right, one of his impactful, one of uh, Lopez's. Hell, you've been seeing the highlights, the Atlanta series, and certainly this one, Lopez cutting to the basket. So yeah, yeah. Drew's getting cut off or Middles is getting cut off. Here comes Lopez, Lopez, a cutter. And he rises up like a, you know, like Shrek, yeah. you know, or 
the abominable snowman. And well, I think game six, he hit two down. dribble. He hit two moves, you know, one or two, one or two dribbles, like a but, you know running sort yeah. of hook, which looks yeah. more like a shot put, but you know, almost downhill shot put. But like you know, I mean, he he took three quality shots and made two of them, where he you know yeah. had to dribble the ball a couple of times from the mid, from the out in. And yeah. they didn't have anything going. He had to do that because they were like double teaming off him and whatever. He had to do it. And you're right. He was keeping total, total unsung hero. Like rightly so. Oh, they don't win without him. They don't. They don't. Giannis mids you know, Drew get all the headlines. Bobby gets some headlines. Oh, Matt, the PJ Tucker story. The one of my I've been consuming content. I mean, think about get this, Matt. The 2018 starting lineup for the Houston Rockets. Yeah. Mm. P.J. Tucker in round one eliminated Trevor Ariza and round two eliminated James Harden and round three eliminated Chris Capella and round four eliminated Chris Paul. P.J. Tucker eliminated his four 2018 Houston Rockets teammates in consecutive rounds this, yeah, this postseason. Yeah, okay, I hadn't heard that, yeah. It's pretty cool, just, isn't it? It's yeah. just a cool, hard to imagine, the ultimate sort of kill Bill <laughs> moment. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But, but that's another, well, he was good. Um, yeah, he, like he was, he was salt. He was dependable. Man, the the guy that like if they hadn't made it, so props to the other guy. You know, we we haven't said much about Connaughton, but he, you know, he had a few defensive lapses, but he was mostly holding his own against some very good players. And and he at one stage there, I think he tailed off in game, you know, maybe five and six. But he terrible he shot game six. Well. Yeah, yeah, he did. He shot well. I mean, but everyone was terrible. It's patches in game six, but. Well, yeah, again, in Bucks he, Twitter he land, we, we, we remember as ago, who would have thought, right? You know, whatever, seven months ago, we were bagging out the Connaughton contract, like the dumbest John Horst. Oh my God, we love the white guy who's a property developer in Milwaukee, sycophant. We're like, we hated the Connaughton contract. Uh-oh, there's a screen share. Yeah, I just, I wanted to look. How much, how much is he on? Connaughton. I want to show you this, Matt. Well, he, he got a three-year deal, Matt. It was just the more thing, you know, a three-year deal. And yeah. and I go, we went from that to the fact Mike Breen was giving him bangs. He had multiple bang yeah, multiple moments. Bangs. Deep well, in the he, class. And he, and he deserved them. Because like, some of those he shots did. he hit, they weren't, you know, Giannis has drawn three and he's naked. Like he, he hit shots over. He was hitting shots. Hand so confident. So confident, and he yeah. never looked like yeah, he never looked like hesitating or whatever. You know, I mean, what, what's uh, this stat? What's this stat there as you got up here? This other one than I was defensive points saved and offensive points added. It's actually who did the most with their minutes. So if you look down the bottom here, this is minutes, and if you look over here, it's um, total points added, right? So com in comparison to the minutes, so obviously there's a big blob of people here that didn't play many minutes didn't add that many points. Look at Giannis, just out there on his own. <laughs> you know, he sat in the entire finals, I think he sat for 49 minutes and the Bucks were minus 16 in the 49 minutes that he sat. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that stat, yeah. So there's Drew and Chris. There's, um, see, Booker was actually... Eight minutes a game. He sat eight minutes a game, yeah. Booker was a negative. Right. Pete, is that, that's little actually, is it? That's, no, that's pretty tough. remarkable. There's try. There, what was what was the other the other matrix you had, Daz, which was defense yeah, and come up with that one. This is a, this is the other one. This is this is a defensive points saved and offensive points added. Yeah. Again, you see Giannis the outlier, Trey the outlier, because obviously he'll add a lot of offensive, but won't save a lot of defense. Then PJ's over here. Um, with a lot of defensive points saved, but not not much offensive added there. Like he's minus fifty offensive points added, but plus twenty five on the defensive. They're thiable. Like it's just amazing the players you would land exactly where you'd expect them to land in this, and then you just see what an outlier Giannis is, and it's just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, and that's probably I mean, we've we've buried the lead like probably every fake podcast is that uh, I don't know if you guys can see it but the fact how Giannis improved in these 23 playoff games even the way he was attacking Miami in round one and the way he was just absolutely picking apart the Phoenix obviously in game six was in ways the game is slower for him he's calmer he can take mid-range shots he's got more moves 
He's got better passing ability. He's got better vision. It's like everything he kind of couldn't do against the Raptors in 2019, he can now basically do and just pick them apart. And I go, we literally saw him improve over the last 23 games where it just, he kept getting better and better and better and better. And uh, you joke, Daz, you're like, oh, if the season started in a week from now, he'd be ready to go. And I go, I think you're not wrong. Like, I think he's, he's figured some stuff out. And that's kind of where I might, as a Bucks fan who hasn't won a jack shit in 50 years, I might turn into a peacock. I might turn into a bully. <laughs> I might start, you know, beating my chest, you know, probably like Bulls fans felt, you know, in that, you know, 91 era. Well, um, I'm interested. I mean, two things. He's getting so better. I'm, yeah. That, that yeah. far corner, I don't know if you can see my mouse mm. going around. Mm. That's mm. what we call at the Spurs land, the Bellinelli zone. So that was <laughs> the guy that used to be minus on defense and minus on offense. So that was always my favorite one to watch. For the sport. But the, what do you the think? Belly the belly zone. That's a great. What, what's yeah. the Bucks mentality going to be? Because I've gone back and forth on this. I've sort of went from thinking they were going to be breathing fire next year to thinking they might be content. But you now think that you, you reckon they're going to come out even more hungry next year. Well, I, I, I only learned this through the post-game interviews, Daz, and you would have seen it with Giannis with Malika Andrews or Giannis at the podium. Um, and Matt, I'm not sure if you caught this one, but my favorite, yeah, I did. did you watch any of the post-game stuff? Um, uh, I didn't watch a lot of the post-game, like sit down. No, you, you shouldn't. That's, that's oh, only oh, for diehards. Yeah. yeah. But you'll appreciate this. One of, the, one of the questions was, you know, Giannis, you know, if looking back on this run you've had with this franchise over the eight years, you know, is there anything you'd do differently? You've obviously you've, you've come to this place, you're re-signed the Supermax. Is there anything that you think you would have done differently? And he goes, oh, I don't know if I can say this. Oh, fuck it. You know what I would do? I would build a time machine. And I build a time machine, I go back and I win rookie of the year. And then future, I'm gonna build a future time machine, say five, 10 years from now and say, Coach Bud, bring me off the bench. I wanna win six man of the year award. I want to win everything. He's like, he's like, he's one defensive player of the year. He's one MVP, all-star game, finals MVP. He's like, this is how he's thinking. So he's kind of getting that Jordan-esque arrogance about him, which yeah. is like, I'm the fucking best. I might as well be the best. So yeah, everything, you know, he's, he's getting, and again, this is the post-championship euphoria. No doubt the endorphins are are coursing through his body, but... And he's tired as fuck as well. <laughs> tired as fuck. And um, in typical Giannis fashion, I'm, okay, I'm going to completely keep on this thread of he's tired as fuck. One of, the, one of the best, most viral videos that went around was Giannis in the... Right after the game, after the, he left the game, drove out of the arena, <laughs> went to a Chick-fil-A... Uh, and ordered a 50 pack of McNugget of nuggets. Did you see that? He's like, 50. They're like, 50. Well, we don't really have. He goes, I don't want 49. I don't want 51. I want 50. 50 nuggets and a half Sprite, half lemonade, no ice. <laughs> he hadn't eaten or had anything to, had anything to eat. So he's going to kill 50 nuggets. Anyway, Giannis, the mercenary, out of one hand, he wants a time machine. So you can go back and win rookie of the year to tell everyone, you know, I'm the better than you. And then uh, I, I mean, he's going to get caught on Instagram, you know, in the Chick-fil-A drive-thru. Like what, what a bizarro child superstar we have, right? Yeah. We're so used to LeBron. I'm surprised they're dropping the F-bombs actually through the whole, you yeah. know. He was obviously we fucking did it. it. He couldn't filter himself. Yeah, I think that's uh, a no bit. Of, they're yeah, gonna... English is your second language, and that's just like you don't. It just, it oh, can come out a bit easier, I think, sometimes. <laughs> well, if, everyone around him, all those guys, like everyone on the team, it'd be it's it's every third word. Like he, he wouldn't be human if he wasn't. But I mean, normally, you wouldn't be American. Hard, I think, you know, you wouldn't be American if you didn't use the f bomb in the most creative way. It's like <laughs> it's so like we just we love it. A Bucks fan is going to be that a word. less fatalistic now, does, do you think? A cold, completely. I think absolutely. So when you go it one changes down, everything. So Twitter won't melt down if you go one nil down the first round next year. Well, but we're also a bunch of um, 
you know, doomsdayers, um, flat earthers, you know, everyone's against us. LeBron canceled the Bogdanovich trade, you know, Brogdon was the, you know, like we're just a bunch of doomsdayers, right? And I just kind of go, that, that's just going to be thrown out the window now. I just, just, Matt, you, just wouldn't have seen, you didn't experience this the way I did. Like I was talking to Daz right throughout it. And he's, I reckon probably five, six times you just said to me, I'm emotionally checked out. I'm done. I can't watch this anymore. I have no interest in this. In the Brooklyn series. Cause I, I expected them to lose the Brooklyn series. I go, that's how I was emotionally hedged. I'm like, we're an underdog. And even if little Kyrie twisted his ankle, I'm like, eh, it, we're still not going to win. We're just not going to win this series. Kevin Durant is that much better than Giannis. He just is. Um, so I had I had hedged. That was a hedging, Daz. It was a hedge for sure. But no, Bucks fans are absolutely now going to just uh, like like this. This effect will last for quite a while. Is is the point, right? Yes, we'll of course become. We're still fans, and we'll still be critical. But this effect, this this is like a you know like a baptism, a rebirth. You know, we have a chance, but uh, because we feel like we fulfilled a prophecy. Why do you think Brandon Jennings is such a hero? Do you have any idea why Brandon Jennings is a hero? You guys know the story. Well, I know the story. Yeah, because well, basically when they played the Heat in the first round, he said Bucks in six. We're gonna win in six. Bucks in six. That's right. And that's become like the, the the big that that phrase has become like a prophecy and like the most the most listened to fan podcast for the Bucks is the Win in Six podcast, which has been going for years and years and years when they've been miserable. Like we've been celebrating Michael Carter Williams and Yi Jian Lian, you know, on this podcast, you know, and Joe and with, Alexander. So we fulfilled we fulfilled a prophecy with the Win in Six, right? So um, that's how we're thinking, Daz. You know, we're, our UFO is we've got a photo of, of our Sasquatch. We've, we've captured Loch Ness Monster, you know. It's like we've fulfilled our prophecy with the win in six. At home, like it's at home, of course, to close it out in Milwaukee and yeah, all the fans. And then, oh, some of the images from the parade. Again, I know you've had lots of parades, Daz. This is my first parade. So let me, let me tell this little story. One of my favorite moments of the parade today, the Bucks had the parade in Milwaukee, right? And PJ Tucker's just drunk. He's just <laughs> drunk, talking shit. He's just spilling beer. But then the, the bus with Bud comes by, and right, the fans is, you know, I'm sure every parade's the same. Fans just throwing beers at the players, right? So fan on the ground throws a beer all the way up to, to Coach Bud, who's staying on the top of a double-decker bus. And Bud's like, you know, he's like fat nerd Bud, you know, whatever, and he's like, Bucket. He taps it and he just starts to skull it and pour the beer all over his face. And you're like, that's that's Wisconsin. <laughs> like it, Coach Bud shotgunned, you know, Coors Light on top of a bus. <laughs> we couldn't be happier, Daz. Like we just couldn't be happier that our nerd, our most hated nerd, the nerd who she was, he's been shunned from every corner of NBA glitterati not adaptable, not clever. He's a system guy. He got outcoached by Nurse, got outcoached by Spolstra. All he does is get outcoached in the playoffs. That narrative to spilling a tin of a beer all over his, his manky beard, you know, is uh, it's quite a quite a vindication. So I, I think we're going to have a list. Well, I remember when he first got the job and he took some time in the, the sort of the press conference to say how he was talking to his girlfriend and went through this whole conversation. Yeah, he didn't have a girlfriend. <laughs> He's with him because he was rich. He's like Larry David. He doesn't have a girlfriend. He's got a girl who f- sleeps with him because he's rich. But anyway, what do you say? Yeah. And it was just funny because you just like, how many coaches would sit there and talk about the experience of breaking the news to his girlfriend and how yeah, only a nerd who he's so <laughs> proud to have a girlfriend there. I just wanted you to know he had one. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly, that's exactly, that's all he just wanted to get that out there. It's like, oh, he cares about me, you know. Well, Spurs, we do our um, our championship parades down the river. So they actually get on a boat. Of course. Do the river walk, so it's totally different. But I'm interested, yeah. I mean, Matt, I'm interested in the psychology of fans, actually, because when the Spurs went through their run, even when we had Robinson and then Duncan, 
every year I just expected we were going to win the title. And I was legitimately shocked when they didn't. It was like, I can't believe we lost to Team X, Rockets, Suns, whoever. I mean, how were you, Matt, when when the when the Garnett and that, were you just sort of expecting the, the Celtics to win? Like, what was your level of confidence? Well, no, see, I mean, I guess, now? like, the Celtics are, uh, have been, you know, the, the winningest franchise or whatever for over a lot, but, you know, I'll, I'll get drummed out of the club by saying that, you know, the, anything pre the 60s or whatever shouldn't really count. Like, you know, there was fucking three teams or something, you know, whatever. Like, yeah. So, I mean, they were they were great, but, you know, we just read out about just robbed everyone and, you know, we were the best team. And, you know, as much as we hate the Lakers, like we were the Lakers of the fucking 50s and 60s and whatever. So, anyway, so in the mod, in the modern era, so in my, in my fandom, you know, from the mid-80s of playing basketball and so on, we hadn't won shit and we were fucking awful. You know, the early Pierce teams and, and those sort of things, you know, with the Walker... Um, Antoine Walker Wiggle was the highlight of, of our year. You know, the comeback from fucking whatever it was, 30 down or something to win a playoff game and Paul Pierce jumps on the scorer's table. Like, that was the highlight. And then we get Rissold, you know, two seconds later sort of thing. So, so it was only when, you know, the stars aligned and Ainge and Mikhail old buddies pulled the deal sort of thing that we ended up with with um, KG and um, Alan before that. So, you know, then then you're starting to go. But I, I'm, I'm a bit... I don't think I had it as bad as, as you guys. But no, I always had the fatalistic, you know, hope, but hedge sort of thing that, that we're not going to get there. So, you know, we, we, did, we did have success once that team gelled pretty quickly um, and could have, would have, should have won two years later as well. But, um, you know, I mean, before that, no, it was a... I was long-suffering, to be honest. And... and as you say, fatalistic. I understand completely, but we we had marginally more success. But you know, it was always early playoff exits and whatever until KG arrived. That's a yeah. great question, Daz. Which fan bases enter seasons expecting to win, knowing how hard it is to win in the league? Like, no doubt the 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 Warriors fans the last several years, Spurs fans. You would expect to go deep every single year, right? For that 15, 20 year run. Um, Bulls fans in the 90s but I think just about every other fan base goes in going yeah we have a shot that's my that'd be my guess it's generational like, I mean, the true dynasties yeah 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 well I mean even like have a look at the Knicks like the, the Knicks fans seems to seem to be able to bloody generate hope out of out of nothingness every year don't they they, they have you know they, they don't have a right to it like the Spurs fans of the days did or the Bulls fans but the the, the persona so of the Knicks fans are, New York. Yeah. we're in the we're in the playoffs. We're winning this, you know. Like that's that's kind of it might be a bit more front than true belief, but that you know that's certainly the the outward appearance, cocky, you know, whatever New York. Is, anyway. <laughs> that's a Manhattanite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what I was going to say, what like what flip the script and 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 look at the Suns like. That's what I was trying to think about is, is you know, you, mm. you, you give all the praise and then you go around the other side and you go like uh, early on, even even in the early games of the finals, but certainly in the earlier rounds, like Aiton was was Giannis, like not quite, but, you know, like he was he was really good. terrific. He was yeah. really good. Booker yeah. was his usual up and down because he's a scorer and he, he had some great games. He had his some shot games. making. Yeah, His I shot mean, making. for a guy that's not at all, he made some he made some shots, you know, with more with he's more. He's Tatum like man. He can just he's Tatum like that. That this, yeah. but he's only like six five though, not six ten. Like he doesn't have no. Like, he is. He's six four, six five. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's. I mean, he's a he's a. Well, you know, the series that reminded me of was two thousand Lakers Pacers, where Shaq finally gets over the hump. Uh, and just in, and there was not much between those two teams in that series, but mm. Shaq just dominant. Jack Shaq just overwhelmed the Pacers by Rick the Smith series. Yeah. And, Davis. You know, the Pacers had Reggie Miller going for his title, a bit like Chris Paul. You know, Paul's probably a bit better than what Reggie Miller. It's a was great there. parallel. But it was six game series, and you just went. You, you look back on it, and you sort of think, "Oh, Lakers won it pretty easy because Shaq was so dominant." But in the moment. There was nothing between those two teams, you know. 
And uh, I remember Travis Best got injured just before the series, and it's a bit like the Saric injury. You go, not a great player, but, geez, how much difference would he have made had he have been there? So, you know, you think about it from the Suns' point of view. They had the ball down one in game four and game five, basically taking the shot to win the game. And Paul dribbles it off his foot once and Booker turns in the traffic the second time and ends up with two turnovers and bucks go down the other end. Like, it's little things like that. Like, they make them two shots. Very fine line. Yeah. So yeah. Is, so that's the question, though. Like, why did that? Because, I mean, Booker was Booker, really. You know, I mean, uh, the the it got harder, but the scores got lower. The Bucks scores got lower. Like, it was, it, you know, it was... And I'll come back to this. The defense point. learns the offense. That's why the defense learns. That's it. Yeah. Yep. yep. So, so is that is that just it? Do you reckon? Do you reckon like the, the no, defense is good and they and the and the tactic was that they worked so, out Chris Paul and they took him out. The, the two games that Booker went for forty, Drew Holiday shut down Chris Paul. So what the Bucks did yeah. for games four and games five were, were like we're going to shut down Chris Paul. And because Booker, one, is not a great passer, two, gets tunnel vision, three, doesn't take three-pointers, we're going to defend him with whomever, P.J. Tucker Connaughton, and let him get his own and try to win the math game. And the Bucks just barely won the math game. Game six happens, they said, fuck it, we can't let Booker go for 50. He's the only person who can win this game for us. So Drew Holiday guarded Booker almost all of game six, though, Matt. That's why Booker did we had 16 points in game six. He had Drew all over him. Chris Paul had 28, right? 28 and 10. Because they're like, we just can't, the only person who's probably going to win game six, this was Bud's mentality, is Booker. And so Drew, Drew clawed him basically the whole game. Mm. He just went over every single screen, gave him no space. So it was, yeah. that was the, the basics of it. They just placed Drew where they wanted to place. But I, I just felt know. like after game two, even when you say like he scored reasonably or whatever, uh, had, had points and assists, I just didn't feel like Paul was impactful at all. There was a period there. He wasn't for two games like, or three games. In, game, yeah. in, in third quarter or something in game seven where like he he was impactful, but uh, it, it it was short-lived. And he didn't, what, after the earlier games, like in the first two games that ball was singing around, campaign looked good. And he he still kind of looked good individually for, for, for who he is. He, he, I thought he played well. Um, with his ugly ass left-handed side-on fucking shot, but anyway, <laughs> Another, he, chicken um, <laughs> chicken, yeah, yeah. But you know, it was effective. But um, in some ways, he was more effective than Chris Paul in there because he was more unpredictable. I think they they had Paul Quick. worked out. But in those early games and the earlier rounds, you know, Cam Payne and Cam Johnson and um, uh, Bridges, like Bridges, played well on one side of the ball. I thought really. But, uh, you know, if Middleton was struggling, it was probably because Bridges was, was you know, doing a really good job on him. But, like, but yeah. he, they had no, if it wasn't, like, like, what realistically good scoring opportunities did Bridges have? Even Aiton? Like, uh, you know, all these all these options that they had in, the, in their bag earlier on, um, you know, yeah. double him and you get him or whatever. But they weren't doubling anyone. You're right about, you know, I, I just think the Bucks worked them out. Um, I was just trying to imagine if there was a scheme or there was a there was a switch there, maybe because you're right. See, even Holiday went from different ones, guarding different ones. There wasn't anything in particular. They just worked them out, I reckon. So what I what what happened from game three onwards was that the Bucks were um, defending in a way where they said we are not going to let Cam Johnson and Jay Crowder, these great three point shooters, Jay make Crowder. great three pointers. So the Bucks stayed home. They did no helping. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't like sort of blitz any of, of the of the uh, Chris Paul eight and pick and rolls or the Booker side actions. They all stayed home. And the data showed that the number of corner threes for Phoenix plummeted. So meaning yeah. Cam Johnson and Jay Crowder in particular were not getting open looks. They weren't even getting attempts. Which basically the Bucks figured out was that if we're gonna our defense is going to be let Booker book, let Chris Chris, and we're not going to let our three-point shooters kill us. And the math, I think, turned out because also Aiton probably was just not – he's just not the most forceful guy in the interior. They got nothing at the paint. Someone ran – I forgot the data. It was Ben Taylor or Duncan Danny. They ran the data as they do. They run the data. And, and Chris Paul and Devin Booker ended up – they looked at the whole – 
the whole series, something like 23rd and 22nd percentile respectively in attempts at the rim in the series. Because when your two greatest scorers can't even sniff the rim, like 22nd percentile of all players in the finals history over whatever it was, whatever, however many, many minutes, minuscule. The point was they got no ease. They didn't get free throws. They didn't get corner threes. They get it, didn't get point attempts. didn't get sort of attempts at the rim. It was only Chris Paul and Devin Booker's elite, elite mid-range shot making that kept them in these games. And credit to Bud, they, the math yeah, worked only, only just only just because the Bucks half-court offense was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but their transition offense was off the charts. Amazing. Like the Bucks had something at like 1.56 points per possession in transition, which is crazy. That's yeah. crazy good. So anyway, how many extra that's co- did they have across the series as well. That's a great question. I don't know that I don't know, but it certainly was game five, wasn't it? That was the one where they had 19 extra field goal attempts, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't it? Um, that was the game, or was it game four? What was the game? Phoenix shot 54. That was, uh, that was game five where they 90, shot 58% from the field or something and lost. 54, their, their slash line was 54, 68, 91, and they lost. <laughs> I, I, if, I'd have, if I'd have had it, if I was a, a Suns fan, I mean, I, which, which I, I was not a, not a fan, um, I just preferred the Bucks mostly because of, so, you know, knowing what it would mean to you, to be honest. The, but I reckon if they had their time again, I, I'd be running because Aiden's a young guy, you know, and, and he missed half a year, you know, for, for being on the bongs and that you said on the podcast and all that <laughs> stuff, right? Like, so, I mean, he's from the Bahamas, give a brother a break, but the fucking, <laughs> like, you know, I mean, I think uh, I, I would have run it, you know, I, if I was Monty, I'd have run a couple of plays for him. See, he was getting a lot of points. He was getting a lot of... It's a great action. question. That's a great point. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the early games, because it was coming naturally, you're blitzing Paul or whatever, he's the he's the recipient. If it's not him, you know, then it goes out to the three-point line or vice versa. So you've got that double, triple threat, you know, when you try, try to stop the ball handler. He was getting 20 points a game and, you know, and looking really good doing it. The later ones, he's getting nothing. He's getting no attempts. And he goes up the other end, he's getting his ass kicked. Like, you know, if this was the 90s or something, the coach would go, right, right we're running down here. We're going to give it to the big guy down the middle. And yeah. Give him no, no matter what happens. Give him a, he's do something. It. Yeah. You know? and, and, and I think it was one of those things where they'd say to him, and I used to say this to Daz, like if he bought the Nathan Donovan hooves rather than the hands, they like if he dropped the post pass or dropped the little dump off from Chris Paul, Paul and Booker would look at each other and go, he's bought the hooves tonight. We're not giving him the ball, you know, and you could just tell. And that's what happened in some of them games. You know, they gave him a few post touches in the first quarter in game six and did not end well. But, I mean, he was, by that stage, he's probably totally out of his room anyway because he'd hardly touched the ball other than trying to clean up rebounds for the last three or four games or whatever it was. Yeah, and that's pretty much some that of in. And I think Monty missed, missed that one. Like, there, there, there was that viral video of talking to him in the earlier game going, you know, we need you, you're got to be the, you know, whatever, all the, all the things he was saying, really pumping him up. And I think he, you know, he kind of dropped his bundle in the later, no, not dropped his bundle because he's, I mean, he still played well against a guy who was phenomenal, but you know, I mean, he didn't, he, he got nothing at the other end. And, and as a young guy, like you don't get any buckets, you're getting cheered for all the buckets you're getting in the earlier rounds and the earlier, and now you're getting shit all and, and the star won't pass you the ball because he you know, think about right? that. But think about that job description, Matt. It's a very, very fair comment. But I think the job description, you know, like a Mark Gasol could barely handle that job description, which is to defend Giannis one on one, right? Because that's mostly what they did when they quickly doubled him. Giannis's yeah. decision making has been so improved. So poor Aiton. So Giannis's decision making has improved, and bang, bang, bang. That's when the Bucks were optimal. They double Giannis, and he's so much quicker now to get in that ball moving around. Yeah, yeah. You got gashes and seams everywhere for Lopez to hit cuts, for Middleton to hit threes, or Pat to do something. So they played a lot of single coverage on Giannis, which was, of course, Aiton's job. And as of two, two years ago, we would have he was an embarrassment on D. He wasn't a negative defender. He was an embarrassment for essentially his his learning curve is so steep. That's my impression, is that the load on Aiton was so heavy 
he's the only size on defense. I just think it was and so he had much. No, to he ask didn't have Saric backing him up either, so he couldn't. He didn't have any fours. Yeah, we had Crowder, yeah, so, Crowder yeah. and Craig playing in the four. Just no one to rebound. So he yeah. he had to be stationed under the basket. And, and, he, and he couldn't rebounds. he couldn't foul either. He couldn't go a bit hard and go. You know, like I'm going to give Giannis a good one here. Like he couldn't waste a single. He foul. couldn't. He's exactly just, right. You know, yeah. He was such yeah. a negative. So that was one of the criticisms of we're thinking not the criticism or opportunity for next year is that if you're going to play that type of game with four smalls or switchy smalls plus one center, boy, how do you better have a bloody good backup center can give you 10, 15 minutes a night. And so that's got to be priority number one for Phoenix in the well, offseason. I think had a nice cameo in game six. We actually played all right in game six. He had six points. Ironically. Bring that graph back up. You see, he's probably so far <laughs> down in the bottom left corner. He's off the fucking graph. He is woeful. His skin, his skin blends. I, I say the this as the guy that Danny wanted to give like five draft picks or whatever to fucking oh, train up in the know. draft to get or whatever. Never taken that deal. I wish Jordan had taken that deal. So, in our last six minutes, I, I will have to go. I'm curious. I'm uh, far, far be it for me to throw the microphone away, but Matt, I'm curious. What do you what do you make of a, a college coach becoming your president of basketball operations and? The first thing he does is throw Kemba Walker into obscurity. Like, what do you? What's going on in Boston? What do you think their offseason looks like? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I just think that he thought sell for cents on the dollar while you can because I think, I think Kemba's oh, gone injuries. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not sure he's wrong. I mean, I hope for Kemba's sake because he seems like a decent guy. Um, that he, um, you know, he's left, who came for the right reasons and has been traded away, you know, uh, for the right reasons or whatever. Unlike Kyrie, who I'm a bit like, yeah. old mate, I don't like his name even. So, yeah. uh, you know, I think even if his knee comes back good, he's still a five foot 11 scoring guard. Um, the world's going away from that. Everything's in switching defenses. You know, the start of his career, it didn't matter. He was a net negative defensively. Now it matters. Like throw him out there in the finals, fuck. You know, I mean, it, it'd be it'd be disastrous. So I He's think deluxe Bryn Forbes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think um, I think there's an there's an element of that, uh, and and you know, if he doesn't get his burst back, then you know he is Bryn Forbes. So maybe you know plus, but still. maybe. So yeah. so yeah. So and look, I mean, he was on a shit ton of money as well. So I, I don't mind the deal. Like we've now got our full. Um, and and then Jason Tatum doesn't make the the All NBA team or whatever. So now we've got like our full mid level taxpayer exception to spend. They might they're looking at Reggie Bullock if he doesn't go to New York, for example, because they've got that'd be a good pickup. Yeah, he, okay. He defends and he can shoot a three pointer. Well, who's I mean, going to run the point though? I mean, is that going to be a free agent? Well, is that going to be really Pritchard? Good. Is that going to be I mean, smart think, and Pritchard? Or? Well, it's got to be smart and Pritchard at the moment. I mean, they don't have a draft pick because that went with Kemba. They're in the. They've got a forty-five or something in the second round. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what they'll do. I mean, they. I, I think their intention is to sign Fournier, who on paper um, is what we want. He's a rangy guard who can hold his own on defense. I wouldn't say he's a gun defender, but uh, and he's a forty-something percent uh, three-point shooter, even with us. Shooter, just a and, shooter. And he came in midterm, and he had COVID in the middle of that as well. So, so I think. Look, I th- and, he, and he's tall. He's six Jeff eight. Teague's available if you want a second look. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. NBA champion. <laughs> NBA yeah, champion, Jeff Teague. Yeah, good luck for him. He was woeful with us. And I actually thought he'd be all right. I thought, oh, he's probably got a bit left in the tank. He's fallen out of a rotation there. Like, he'll, he's a, you know, okay, he's going to be 10th man or something, but he'll hold a spot. Nah, he was terrible for us. And he wasn't. He was terrible for you guys. He's the sort of he player that just does not age well in the current, the modern NBA. no. No lateral movement. Like he couldn't, you know, unlike Bobby Portis, who said, I'm going to give you everything I got, no, whether it's a lot or a little. He was giving you, no, like he was hopeless. He just wanted to score. Yeah. He had one game in the playoffs. He made three threes in a key game when Giannis was out in Atlanta, believe it or not. Yeah, he, he was did, yeah. super important, but that's it. In one, literally with one his tail game. Up, he of... can do that. That's the other side of the ball. Yeah. He was just like, and that's terrible. Effort, He's right? unplayable. And, yeah. and yeah, no, he was, he was woeful. So, so yeah, look, I don't know. I mean, I think we're still look, but I think they're gonna, it's going to be the Marcus. I, I think Pritchard's got a, you know, has a, a future career as a, probably not a starting point guard, but as a 
first point guard off the bench. So I think we're right there. I worry about it with Marcus Smart being our starting point guard just because he's so erratic. But, you know, I mean, it, it harks me back to the point I was going to make um, about the finals is the reflection. The one thing to me is that the finals were played so differently, refereed so differently. A part of it's fatigue and whatever, but they were refereed so much differently than the it's earlier so round. Physical. Which was it's so, so physical. So much more yeah. than, the, than the regular season. So much more. Like, you know, I mean, there was so many, like... And rightfully so. Like, can you imagine the final game like with that. each team having 40 free throws? Can you imagine? It was just uh, rightfully so. And there was, of course, a, the controversy. Sorry, I jumped on your point, Matt. Finish the thought. Finish the thought. No, that's yeah, what, yeah. That's what I, like, I was harking around yeah. to it, just to sort of say, like, if you say who's going to win... So I, I would I would think, you know, if that... Well, it can't be, I was going to say, if it was Bucks nets sort of thing or whatever but uh in the finals which it can't be but if the if the eastern conference finals are refereed the same way and, and holiday can guard you know harden like that or whatever uh it makes a difference it makes them choose their poison you know and if he's off or you know he's off with the fairies or he's got a sore ankle or whatever like as always happens i mean katie's just so because you know he he ups he doesn't bother playing defense in the regular season and he's, no. a, he's a plus defender. He's not the best defender on the floor, but he's a plus defender when he wants to be, um, you know. So, I mean, that, that with them and any, you know, with those, with Harden, I, even with shit, shit lips, Kyrie's a third wheel, it's really hard to bet against them. But if it's refereed the way the finals were refereed, but, the, and, the are, any game, any game. What's to say, and it's, it, you're going to put money on those three staying healthy? Like the That's long-term right. effects of an Achilles, like KD was been he was spectacular, but KD didn't fucking play this year. KD played what forty games, including the yeah. playoffs. He didn't play. Yeah, so he was good well, when he played, but who knows? Here's something else to think about, and maybe a good point to leave it on if you have to go. That's going into free agency. Should, yeah. Does what the Bucks did in the off-season encourage teams like Denver, Utah, even Boston, who were sort of hitting the ceiling to go? We need to throw three first-round draft picks in and give it our Drew Holiday, whoever that might. Of be. course, it, it it should. I hope it does because it's the offseason is looking quite boring, you know, compared to the offseason. I think there's going to be teams ago. like a Utah is going to go in and try and shake things up because they're going to look at the Bucks and go, "That's that was that's a, what, what us this year is where the Bucks were last year." Now you you're having we're on a thread here, right? With the with the Kemba thread and the Bryn Forbes and like that sort of thread is like you have to be, I know Mike Conley has been a decent defender, but you got to be shit scared of his ability to pay him 25, 30 million a year. He's not Kyle Lowry rugged. He's not Chris Paul rugged. Like you're going to bang. To be fair, know, in his career he has been, but the last year or two, not so much. So. But he's just a slight guy. That's what I'm saying. He's kind of built like Jeff Teague more than he's yeah, built yeah. like. Chris Paul's got those, you know, the shoulders like he has been an Iron Man, but, but, he, but he's yeah, he yeah. was an Iron Man in Memphis, but yeah, he, he was. Yeah. His age. yeah, yeah. So that's a good question, Daz. Like, but I think that's you know, and also I think the just to, this is but a who micro is it? Point. There's no holidays out there. Who are you who's available? Derek yeah, White. Who's available? Derek White's Derek, probably. You trying to get rid of him? Spurs are gettable. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, though, he's a plus I mean, Like, I guess in, to some degree, it's Dame Lillard. Lou Dort. Dame Lillard needs, yeah, that's that's going to be an absolute monster deal. Well, Ben Simmons is gettable. We should do this a week from now. The draft's, draft's only a week away, isn't it? Draft's next Friday, yeah. so yeah. Yeah. I don't know how I, often I you want to hear. Yeah. I just can't ahead, see Matt. anyone giving up because they're not going to trade, they're not going to trade um, Ben Simmons for draft picks. They're going, to want, they're going to want draft picks, but they're going to want something back. Oh, they like, want will they charge it for Lou Dort and three draft picks? Yeah, they will. The, like that might be a deal they might take or something. But like they want, they want someone good back. Like we, you no, know, they the, need a playmaker score. Simmons, they need Celtics get you know Dame Lillard. No, because we're not. We don't want to give up Brown. You know, obviously we're not going to give up Tatum, and we're you know ninety nine percent not going to give up Brown. So if we don't give him up, like we don't have. You can have everything else we can possibly yeah. have and all the money. And I still else think Ben money. Simmons to the Spurs for some sort of sign trade and they get DeRozan back and obviously, you know, other assets. 
that's the one that's always made the most sense to me because I think DeRozan fits with that roster. White and DeRozan? I I could, yeah. White, Patty and DeRozan? I can see, I can see that. I, I think they're hot, they'll be holding out for more than that. They'll expect more than that, to be honest. Someone but will I, do it. Someone will pay for it. If, if someone yeah. can do it, like, you know, I don't know. What about Memphis with, uh, is it not Memphis? Who's there? Um, the Timberwolves. Get rid of D'Angelo. Would they take him yeah, back? D'Angelo, but the challenge point? is D'Angelo's there because he's Carl Anthony Towns, you know, stable goat. That's his yeah. pet. But mm-hmm. the, the emerging kind of question, you know, uh, not even a rumor, just pontification was um, send Ben Simmons to Charlotte and do something around Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier. The secondary playmaking, put some shooting and give give Charlotte, you know, a star. So a, a, a Lamelo. A Lamelo Ben Simmons is not a natural fit because of the spacing, but imagine the, yeah, it's not, but it's a, it's a. I'm not, I'm not yeah. doing that if I'm Charlotte, because I uh, want Lamelo yeah. to have the ball in his hands and and Ben. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying they wouldn't do it, but I, I wouldn't do it. CJ McConnell still. CJ still to watch. Who's that? Sacramento, Darren Fox, maybe. Oh God, Sacramento, that stupid. Yeah, they may be. Yeah, mm-hmm. hell. Well, they're pretty fucking they stupid. They're pretty <laughs> stupid. That's pretty fair. And that, that, and they've turned like reasonable assets into shit too. Like you know, <laughs> I mean, have a look. Like they're and and then they've they've had a few nuggets which have turned into reasonable things. Like you know, Rashawn Holmes is up is a free agent or whatever, and he was he was out of the league. And you know, they turned every team guy, twenty every playoff team wanted Harrison Barnes as well. Like to give them credit, like oh, yeah. that's that's just a that guy you just play. Play him 30 minutes a night. He's going to be fine, you know. Same yeah. thing. Yeah. Halliburton's going to save him. He's at least a holding his own, if not a plus defender. In big games. Yep. In big games. Right. You know. I'd love to see Holmes go to Phoenix. Like, that's if, if they had the money to get him. That's a great fit. That's a great fit, actually. That's a great fit. Yeah. Hasn't Boys, um, I've got to go. This has been fun. I've, I've got to wrap up, though. Uh, Matt, hopefully right, we well, see look- you again on... Uh, the Livingston experience, yeah. Congrats, mate. We'll uh, we'll do a post draft Livingston next week. Yeah, we should do a post draft. I'm on cloud nine. It's literally been, literally the most fun I've had consuming basketball the last seventy two hours. It's just hell. It less since game basically since game four, game four or five six were like nothing I've ever experienced. That's just yeah. that's awesome. those games tend to go the other team's way in my you know my forty years of fandom. So it's just uh fun to have it bounce our way once and my god Giannis is only 26 my god yeah. my god it's, I think I wrote um, on the on the on the Facebook like if you weren't yelling at buddy um holiday to pass the fucking ball like after he makes that rip or whatever you just see this uh, freight train no. moving and if you're like because oh, he just that, that extra beat probably that not play him to go the other way listen you got the hashtag fundamentals like that, on alley hoops. <laughs> Run some clock draw fouls. <laughs> mate, I wasn't. I was saying, mate, I'm such a he held it that man. extra beat, and I was just saying, like, no, the fucking. I was. Ball. I was going I still, about eleven o'clock at night. What's going on? I would oh, normally anyway. jump out of my chair, but that that it. I was so shocked. I just sat going. I can't believe what happened. I. I, I like I'd jump out of my chair on Pat Connaughton and hit a big three. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm going for it. That play shocked it, so it, much, my yeah. the time space continuum for me stopped when that play happened. But uh, I'll obviously never forget it. But um, boys has and been fun. Daz, thanks for the, the thing. but the block was him yeah. being a freak. But you know the other one was just great basketball. Like you know it could have been any two players really, but. It just it just shows the guy that <laughs> it was, <laughs> there's eight eight other players standing next to him and he's the one who gets there. You know, well, and as and Daz and I talked about forty nine minutes. You know, Daz whatever. and I talked about this. This that might be one of the highest risk passes in the history of the NBA. Like that pass just shouldn't have been thrown. It just he just he shouldn't have done it, but he did. Uh, and you know, but boy, look at who's throwing it yeah. to. Just fucking get it anywhere there. 
I know. Like, it wasn't even a good pass. It was almost past him. It was almost too far. I love Giannis's said, If he throws it out of bounds, it's on him. It's not on me. Because they said to him, why'd you point up? And he goes, well, he's the point guard. It's his decision. If he threw it out of bounds, it's on him. (laughs) (laughs) It's not my bad. Uh, It just goes to show, though, like, I I saw that, or, or I read, I think, what he said in his interview when he was drafted. And he said, I'm gonna prove I'm gonna prove him right. No one's gonna work harder in the gym. No one's gonna work harder on the court than me. I'm gonna make them glad they draft. I'm gonna make Milwaukee glad they drafted me. Mate, you're right. Mate, it's that's proper. the ribbon. That's that's the ribbon on the present. It's been it's been a week. I'm gonna consume every pod and every every piece of writing and I've already ordered memorabilia that my sister's gonna deliver to me and all that the the bucks are putting yeah. out, all the books. So um yeah, it's been Oops, it's been special. So, yeah, thanks for thanks for indulging me here tonight, boys. It's been oh, fun. No. We'll see. Oh, we'll chat to you. As I no, say, it made it good. It made it good for me. Yeah, because I didn't have a dog in the fight. And, but good I for knew, you, Dal. I appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, I knew. That's you, great. Yeah, I knew it was you were up for it. So yeah. And, and you're lucky. I do love Jalen Brown. Like that's my thread. I can't <laughs> fucking stand Jason Tatum, but I love J. I love Jalen Brown. So I'm a I'm a Jalen 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 guy. It, there's so. a little bit of there's a little bit of this sort of Giannis humbleness. Got a lot going on there, man. He's, of the a, he's a bit of Drew Holiday. Think he's a thinking man, isn't he? He's a bit of a yeah, thinker. I think so. I, I'm right. The, the, the Tatum's a millennial, I think, but uh, yeah, hey. he's a dick. Yeah, he's just a he's kid. Jalen, I'll live with it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. All right, boys. Thanks, Daz. This is our boys. Jeez. Have a good Do weekend, again. boys. Good Bye. to see you, Del. Take care. took the charge and there was no foul call.